Okay, so I want to start today's episode off by apologizing for being a day late on the feed. Yesterday, I woke up with full intentions on jumping on and giving my thoughts on what was a phenomenal basketball weekend. But as you can tell, my voice, <laughs> it didn't want to cooperate with me yesterday. And we're kind of back today. My son had a baseball game over the weekend. I think it was Friday. And we arrived at the baseball field and it was like 68 degrees. By the time we left the field, it was like 38 degrees. And yeah, so I kind of played myself. I was sick all weekend. I was still planning on doing the show for Monday, but yesterday the voice wasn't working at all. The good thing is though, the basketball gods, they waited for me, right? So we didn't have no games yesterday. Tonight we tip off Western Conference Finals. It's good to be back, man. It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. Let's go. Alright, so like I said, over the weekend, we had some phenomenal Game 7s and... uh, a disappointing game six and that's kind of where i want to start because i'm not going to stick on this shit for long just because i'm still kind of irritated at the rockets here's my everyone knows we went they went down in six they put up a fight but kind of not really and it was just disappointing to see because i wanted to believe in the rockets so much So it led me to asking myself the question of where do the Rockets go from here? Because last year, I genuinely thought that the Rockets would have beaten the Warriors had they been at full health. This was a fully healthy Warrior team. So it's got to be humbling and kind of disappointing if you're the Rockets to go out in this series the way that you did. And I don't even think it's that it was in the second round instead of the Western Conference Finals. I really believe that the Rockets, organization, players, fans, everyone, believed that they are better than the Warriors. Like, I think the Rockets think that they have put together the best roster when it comes to competing with the Giants, right? And The Warriors are still the Giants. And so thinking that the injury bug robbed you the year before, you have to go into the new season, which would be this year, super optimistic, right? Now you had some injuries throughout the year, started off slow, and then your guy gets hot. Your guy goes on a historic run. Your other players get healthy. Players start to mold into those roles. And now you're ready. You're at peak performance right at the right time. And you get the matchup that you want. And you play well in the series. Don't get me wrong. But then you're given this gift from the basketball gods saying, hey, let's even up the odds a little bit. Because if you believe you believe that last year was your year and Chris Paul got hurt, let's reverse it. So this year, Kevin Durant goes down in game five. You're thinking, the world is thinking, we're all thinking, fuck, everyone's thinking, dope. 
We're about to get seven games. Because this Rocket team at full health is now definitely better than this Warriors team without KD. This is what we were thinking, right? Now, imagine this game comes. And I were to tell you that for the first time in postseason history, Steph Curry is going to score zero points in the first half in a game where the Warriors are without their best player in Houston. You'd have been like, okay, yeah, so the Rockets won by 18 to 25, and we, we set up game seven. Let's go. You know what I mean? And then it's anybody's game in game seven because that's game seven. Anything can happen. So to walk into that arena, if you're... Rockets, management, ownership, fans. Pretty much you think you're just, you're warming up for game seven. You know you got a game seven and you're going to have to win in Golden State. But you believe you can do that. Now imagine not taking care of business in game six. And it's not that you were blown out. They just beat you. Like that team, again, just beat you. And there is no injury. There is no this. They weren't at full strength. Their guy wasn't at peak performance. So, like, you're just not better than that team. Like, you don't have what it takes to knock off that team. Where do you go from there? Like, what do you really do? How long is it? What's enough? Like, what is enough? I feel like the Blazers have already done enough, right? So their fans, their organization, and their players won't admit it, but if they go down in four or five or six games, they are going to count this season as a win. I don't think the Rockets can do that, and I think you have to feel like you're further away than you did when you came into the season. So what do you do? What moves is there to make? Do you make moves? Do you just ride this thing out? Do you switch up the goals? Do you just hope that KD leaves and it opens up the league a little bit? What do you do? I don't know. I sit around and I play with scenarios all day and all night in my head about, ooh, this would work out and that would work out. But honestly, fuck, nigga, I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. I don't know. I'm interested to see, but... Damn, man, you had the best shot you were going to have. And yeah, you came up short. And it in that, it led me to my second question. And I don't know where I stand on this. But when I say I don't know where I stand, I know how I feel. But I don't know that I'm right. And I'm not going to try to act like I'm end all be all. I'm right. And I've got evidence to show it. But like, at what point? Do we start to re-examine where we put Chris Paul in history, right? History, we know about the previous postseason struggles. A lot of that was due to injury. A player his size playing the way that he does leads to injury. Whether it's fair or not, that's the reality of it. So like, yes, you can say a lot of it had to do with injury, but that's still the story written in the book. It's still a sad story, right? And so injury wasn't this year's problem. But like, 
Here's my problem with Chris Paul, right? I do believe that he brings things to a team that's invaluable, meaning you can't put a number on his leadership abilities, all of these things. But as far as production on the court, strictly numbers, you're paying this guy a maximum salary. Is he really a maximum player? Not just at this point, at any point. I mean, he's had great teams around him, but guys, like, I don't, especially now, I'm not going to throw history on him. Let's just, I'll stick to right now. I look at Chris Paul and I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And it's not a slight against him. It's not that I think he's trash. I'm not even, I'm not going to go with none of that. I do think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I think maybe the aura of Chris Paul is greater than the actual sum of Chris Paul. And I think that maybe being around and being associated with so much greatness all the time may put, may skew the view that the public actually has on him in his favor. As in like, we always associate him with the banana boat, his best friends, LeBron, Melo, you know what I mean? These are his D-Wade. These are his guys. These are champions minus minus Mello. But I know I'm so sensitive on that. So I'm not going to get into all of that. But anyways, these are his guys. Right? So we, we, we put him in that category because these are his guys. But I don't know that his numbers and or career success is in the is there. Like. I could be wrong again. Like maybe it's something I'm not seeing. I've never been huge on Chris Paul and I don't know, man. Where do you go? If you're the Rockets, (laughs) where do you go? If you're the Rockets, how do you get better? What is better? Maybe the best thing to do is nothing. Wait and see what happens. See how it shakes out. Does KD leave? Does Clay leave? Does any like see if the league opens up? And that's it. That's it. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. That's the rocket season to me is disappointing. I'm going to move off of that because I'm sad now. (laughs) And let's just move on to what we do have. We do have a Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. And it starts tonight in Golden State. For the record. I believe the Warriors win the series in six games. And that six games is just out of respect for the heart of Damian Lillard and the talent of CJ McCollum. And I know they're not going to just go out there and lay four eggs in a row, right? I think the Warriors are going to handle them pretty easily. From what it looks like, Kevin Durant may not be out there this whole series, I don't know that they're going to need him. I don't know that they're going to need him. The I think Clay and Steph and Draymond and Andre and Sean Livingston are so comfortable without Kevin Durant that it puts them back in a space of <sighs> let's play ball. Because that's what they came with, right? Don't get me wrong. They're not a better team without Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying they're more comfortable. So individually, their game tends to rise when Kevin's not on the floor just because they're going back to their natural instincts of how they learn to become a dynasty, right? The natural movement of the ball, the natural cuts, knowing where everyone's going to be. And again, Kevin Durant made them a, makes them a better team, but this is just a better version of themselves. And I do believe that that is still enough to win a championship right now. I want to see how they play through this series because, like I said, I do believe they win, but I'm anxious to see how they play and how Milwaukee plays, whom I also I'm leaning towards them winning their series over Toronto. Um, but before I don't want to get into that series yet. This series does have more intrigue than I initially thought, though. I'm going to play you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play you a clip from CJ McCollum's podcast this year. I think it was last or this past summer. They were discussing this year and he had Kevin Durant on and it gets it gets pretty interesting. Now, I, you know how I felt, bro. I was hot. <laughs> I don't know if I was yeah. more mad than when you like, went to go. I think I was more mad. Why are you mad did. about this stuff? Bro, I'm in the league. What do you mean? Why am I mad about this I mean, stuff? Like, I'm in the Western Conference. I got to play you MFers all the time anyway as it is. Over and over again. We got eliminated by y'all a few times in the first round. So I'm I mean, looking so at cuz. I mean, you know you're, you you know you guys aren't going to win a championship. Bro, we have the, the team. <laughs> we have the capabilities. Anything is possible. We can win a championship, bro. I mean, let's be honest. Bro, we can't win a championship. Anything is possible. I just need. I need more. I mean, I like y'all. I like the two. I like y'all too. You're hard to stop. But I mean, come on. You, get you can't I'm, be upset about this. Uh, I can't be upset no. because Cuz was a free agent, which means he could have. This is the, this is why I was also why I was upset. He could have came to Portland. His agent and Nurk have the same agents. So I'm thinking, okay, you ain't gonna come to us. Whatever. Why you gotta go there, Cuz? I text him. <laughs> I was mad. I got on Twitter. Yo, get out your face. And I really text cuz. I'm like, cuz, what's up, bro? Like, why? Like, what? what, what Yo, you're what, the first person why, I see. Why did this happen? Who says um, I was crying on Twitter when you seen that. No, people thought I was playing. I was real text cuz. No, talked. that was funny. We hashed it out. I needed to know what was going on. I wanted to know why. You want him to come to Portland? Bro, I think that anything is possible, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You're trying to get me in trouble. I'm happy with Nurk. Nurk's a great big <laughs> okay. man for us. Nurk's playing well. I mean, you did just say on the airways. I mean, you might cut it out, but that you just said that you want. He should have came to Portland. So you ain't want Nurk. Of course, I want Nurk. Okay, but you rather we could have had both of them. Y'all not getting both. Y'all only paid him five million. We had twelve. We had twelve to fifteen million in, in, in cash. No way it's happening. Y'all it ain't gonna be no. It's, it's gotta have a nice yin and yang, bro. It's gonna be too much of one thing. With y'all, so stop that. <laughs> so, what do you suggest? I suggest you just just keep playing, man, and don't worry about what goes on at the top of things. <laughs> we right there at the top of things. We was a third Relax. seed last year, bro. We was right there. We was just slightly below one and two. But how'd you play? Some unfortunate situations happened in the first round. How'd you play? Some unfortunate circumstances. Like happened. an eight seed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, that was from uh, CJ McCollum's podcast. I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, though. Uh, it's a really good show, too, by the way. If you get a chance, catch up on that shit. But so that's Kevin Durant talking to CJ McCollum, right? And pretty much shitting on any hopes that CJ had 
of competing for a championship this year, right? He said, he, he flat out said, no, nigga, you can't win. Like, you don't got enough firepower, right? Y'all nice, but you're not nice enough, right? And then, like, at the end of it was the funniest shit to me when he was like, how did y'all play? Like an eight seed. Like, fam, first of all, Ain't no fucking way you coming on my show and just go disrespect me like on my own show. Fuck that shit. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Right. Like there's just no way. So I'm I'm a little sad that we don't get to see this play out over this series because like they say he's out for game one. Definitely from what I'm hearing and reading by like people outside of the Warriors. They saying Kevin might be done for the rest of the postseason. God, I hope not. Again, I hope it's, I hope he, to see him this series because that shit could get spicy, right? And we all love a little spice in our life. But damn, fam, how you going to let him come on your show and just talk that shit to you? I mean, I guess. This is how I know that that CJ McCollum is a true podcaster and he's all about the content because he let that fly. He didn't have to put that out, but he knew. Oh, this is interesting, right? So initially, Pride probably been like, I mean, fuck that. Now I'm going to edit that shit out. But I think he knew. Oh, yeah, this is good. Okay, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you now again. I think they're going to make it six games. I'm still taking Golden State. If KD was here and healthy, you're probably going out in a gentleman's sweep. I give you five out of respect. But I'm excited to watch, and I'm sure you guys are too. Okay, so let's shift it over to the Eastern Conference real quick because I got a lot of stuff I want to kind of get into this episode because I haven't been able to talk to you guys in a few days. Um... If you was lucky enough to witness the greatness that was on display from Kawhi Leonard on Sunday, my God, historic, historic, man. That's the first time in NBA history that a game seven was decided by a buzzer beater. And the shot itself had drama, intrigue, the photographs that came out of the shot, iconic already. Only the NBA can give you this level of entertainment. Man, again, he didn't really have his best game of the series shooting-wise. I mean, he took 39 shots. He didn't shoot great from the field. But when it's time for the big boys to step up, Kawhi Leonard stepped up. Thank you for that historic moment. They will now move on to face the Milwaukee Bucks, who's just been waiting on them. Ultimately, we got Kawhi, the claw, against the Greek Freak. I am taking Milwaukee in seven games. I think it is going to be a close series. I don't mind if I'm wrong because I don't mind seeing either one of these teams against the Warriors. But if I had to put my money, it would be on the shooting and the other players that Milwaukee brings to the table. I know what Kawhi Leonard's going to bring to the table. I just don't know that it's going to be enough. Now that leads me to my, I kind of got the same question, right? About the process in Philly 
as I did about the process that's been going on in Houston, right? I get it. It's the second round. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how to grade Philly's season this year. I don't really think it's a disappointment, but I still think they probably could have been better. Here's the thing. Here's what I learned from the Sixers in this postseason. They are very young. And with young guys comes a level of immaturity. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are far too immature for my liking. I just don't. Ben Simmons, not so much. We don't really know much about Ben Simmons. It's not like he's a big talker or anything like that. It's just. I don't understand the world is telling you to shoot and you refuse to. So you, they're not telling you to make a bunch of shots. They're saying just be willing to take and you refuse to. And your coaches are saying, well, if you just take them, you're going to make a few. But the threat that you will just take it opens up things for us and we're better that way. If you take shots, they then have to close out on you and then that plays to your strength of driving and dishing or dunking. His outright refusal to do to take the advice of the world, not just strip mall, the world. Come on, Craig. Like you gotta do it, man. You got you gotta do it. And he just refuses to. So I don't really know where you go with that. Cause right now I feel like, guys, he he took five shots in in the game seven. Like. Is he going to command max money coming up here in a couple years? Like, what, what are you, you going to do? Like, I, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that long term, if he doesn't evolve, if he's worth it. Joel Embiid is wildly, wildly inconsistent. As in, like, he has the ability to be the best player in the league. But he has the immaturity to fuck off two or three games in a series. And... At this level of basketball, that's all that it takes. And you're going home early saying you're ready to retool for next year, right? And so the only consistent spot or thing that I felt the most comfortable with is Jimmy Butler. And I found it interesting that in Jimmy Butler's exit interview with the press, Jimmy said that It's not really about the money that wherever he goes, he's just looking to win wherever he goes. That does not sound like a guy who plans on sticking around. When asked about Joel and Ben at the podium post game, I found that interesting as well. He talked about their future. They can be great. They have the talent. They can be great. He didn't say we're going to be great. I don't think Jimmy's with the shits, right? We all kind of know that. And I think the immaturity of those two will be the the main factor that gets Jimmy up out of town. Now the question is, where does Jimmy go? And the question is, where does Philly go? Because... Philly can quickly find themselves 
being the new Rockets, right? Because I think there's a good chance that, that Kawhi stays in Toronto, especially if they make it to the finals, right? So let's say Toronto and Milwaukee become the elite teams in the East. Where does that leave Philly? It does not benefit you to be pretty good. It just, the, the league isn't set up for teams to, to advance past pretty good. So where do you go? That's another one I don't know. That's another one that I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be a genius GM. I don't fucking know. I heard someone earlier today say, eh, do you trade Joel Embiid? Because you could get a lot for him, right? Do you trade Ben Simmons? Because you could get a lot for him. My only question to both of those is what you're going to get going to push you to the next level. Because if it's not, stay the fuck where you're at. Because you don't want to, let's say Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is 22 years old. He's young. He's a baby. Three years from now, we could be seeing a we could see Giannis. Giannis had no jumper. It ain't great now, but he it's way better and he takes it. By the time three years from now, Giannis is gonna be LeBron James. LeBron developed that jump shot. Michael developed that jumper, that three-pointer. The jumper was always pretty nice. But that three, Michael developed it. If Ben Simmons develops, because if you've seen him shoot, his form's not terrible. I don't know why he's not shooting. So, like, what you get in return is the is the ceiling of that asset higher than the ceiling of the assets that you have now. If you don't know or the answer is no, you kind of got to stay put and you're going to be in the middle of kind of no man's land. And that's not where you want to be. You kind of want to be at the top. Or you want to be at the bottom, especially in the NBA nowadays, right? Speaking of the bottom, <clears throat> let me drink my tea because my voice is kind of going crazy. And I think I'm going to need it right now. Um, The draft lotteries tonight. So if you've been listening to the show, you know um, I've been in a battered relationship with the Knicks since I was about... I would say eight years old. Um, my favorite player growing up was John Starks. I've I've been in love with her, her being the Knicks, for so long. I, I don't know that she loves me back, but she's all that I know, right? So, like, on days like today, I get... I get super nervous, right? Because, like, I want to get dressed up in my fanciest suit. And I want to be at the altar. And I want to I wanna witness my future walk through that door and me be like, there she is. And she loves me back. But the basketball gods also don't seem to love me back. I've been courted before. Like, by, you know, other players that I, I won't get... I won't mention right now, um, but it's never been left up to chance, right? And at some point, they say if you just keep putting in the work, 
you can control your own luck and your own destiny. Well, dear basketball gods, I've been putting in the work. I have cheered for this team um, through heartache, um, through despair, through Raymond Felton, through J.R. Smith, and through what you guys did to Carmelo Anthony, one of my favorite players of all fucking time. I'm tired. I'm tired. But I, I don't quit. I didn't give up. So I've done my part. I need the basketball gods to do their part. The New York Knicks have a 14% chance of landing the number one overall pick. Bring Zion to the Mecca. Instantly. Tonight. It will change things. Madison Avenue will be different tonight if the basketball guys deliver us the number one pick and Zion comes to the Mecca. We need this. We deserve this. The NBA needs this. The NBA deserves this. Spike deserves this. Bring excitement back to the garden but I'm not picking and like if we're going to go for it we're going to go for it so we want the number one and we want Zion but you make no fucking mistake if we fall to number two oh we still coming cause Ja Morant is a beast and you bring that boy in there and then we fuck around and get KD <laughs> Boy, boy, all I'm saying is make my time and make my efforts and my despair and my pain worth it. Basketball gods, I'm begging you, don't fuck this up. Because if we get RJ fucking Barrett, I'm done. I'm filing for divorce. It's over. It's a wrap. This is it. This is it. We want Zion. We'll take Ja. Fuck everyone else. Fuck everyone else. We want that number one spot. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I don't know. I got real emotional. I don't even want to talk about that Lakers shit now. I'm going to save that for another episode. Fuck that shit. I'm leaving it on this. The draft lottery. We deserve this. I deserve this. You deserve this. Let's make this happen. We want Zion. We want Zion. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Nah, man, listen. This is the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. I just want to let y'all know I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at NBA Culture. You can find me on Twitter at Just a Kid from KY. I'm on Instagram at the same thing. Support for the people that fuck with us. Stance socks, right? They've been fucking with me for a long time. I've been fucking with them for a long time. Listen, go to HarveyBanks.com slash stance. 
harveybanks.com slash stance shop the latest and greatest in socks underwear t-shirts superfly superfly fuck with people that fucks with us harveybanks.com slash stance also you want to show your support for the show we got a patreon go to nbaculture.com become a patron and you're gonna get access to additional shows throughout the week now i don't quite know if it's always gonna be thursday sometimes it's wednesday thursday saturday sometimes some shit happens and i jump on real quick becoming a patron of the show keeps this show yours and ours and it just allows us to connect on another level and show our appreciation for this game that gives us so much again i appreciate all the love and support subscribe rate tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend nbaculture.com become a patron see what we got going on i'm hoping to do some live shit this year never know also fuck with those that fuck with us rvbanks.com slash stance enjoy the game tonight